you have to accept change and you have to be willing to change and how you've always done it isn't necessarily the right way. It's not wrong, but there's a better way to do it. Being willing to hear people out too. When two great people can come together and talk about how different they do things, that's when you're going to learn what somebody else has to say. And you don't have to take all of it, but you can take pieces of it and improve upon what you already have going. You're listening to the Expertish Podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start? Okay, for today's episode of Expertist Podcast, we have Danielle Popoff. Hey, Danielle, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, coming on here. Danielle is a, a friend of mine I've known for, gosh, I went like maybe seven years now. As, almost as long as I've been married, maybe a little bit longer. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, just a little bit before that, right? Yeah, I think just over six years. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah and um, we're going to talk to Danielle a little bit today. Like, you know, we're always talking about, we talk a lot about like that transition to civilian life for one, you know, and then also investing in just financial stability, life stability, things like that. But for you, we have like that interesting, you know, dynamic of a little bit of everything, you know, having been active duty and then a military spouse. So you still have the moves incorporated and then also getting into this, you know, not just being a mom, but the civilian life business and then growing that into something where now it's mobile and you kind of corrected one of the problems I think that a lot of military families have with having the difficulty relocating their work life when they have to get up and move quite a bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that was one of the biggest stresses too with getting out of the military. It was like Mm -hmm. how, especially living in California, when we lived there, you know, I got out, I was stationed, you know, on NASME and I was like, how are we going to be able to afford living in our current house without me being in the military? Like, how are we going to, you know, swing this? So it was definitely one of the top stressors when transitioning out of the military. Right. And, and I, f- I feel like most people, it, it seems to be like there are some adjustments. You have to make some adjustments at first. And, and then people that don't quit or that don't quit looking for that way, they work it out and they find that way. And, and a lot of times, actually, it just ends up even better than it was. You know, But dual income military, it's not a bad gig, right? You know, you get comfortable and you get so used to your paychecks are every two weeks. You're not questioning if you're sick, if, you know, you lose that sense of like the civilian side of like reality in a way that when you're sick, you don't get paid. When your kid's sick, you don't get paid. If something comes up, like you, you know, not everybody gets 30 days of vacation. Like those were such things in the back of my head. I never really thought about until I got out. And, you know, I had one kid at the time when I transitioned out of the military And, you know, you get three sick days at my previous job when I worked on base still as a contractor. But when your kid gets sick, that's for three days for the whole year. And I'm like, cool, now I do. Now I'm losing income. And that just adds a whole new, you know, level of stress. So yeah, there's a lot of things that you don't think about that are going to affect you and your family. But it's like really big things to really think about. Yeah, I think too, like as far as the leave, you know, the vacation time when you're active duty too, it, it... definitely gets eaten away at like that 30 days doesn't end up being that right between deployments and you know all the things you take care of before or after deployment that's getting so it's not really like the vacation time but it is time that 
that gets utilized, right? And then if you're in a civilian job, but still have to deal with deployments, moves and stuff like that, that time's eaten away, but it's not allocated to you. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's just time. It's straight time taken away and you've just got to figure it out. Paycheck taken away. Yep. It's like you get paid and you're like, oh, like, well, that, you know, my move took that or, you know, whatever it was. And especially when Brad and I transitioned from California to Pensacola, I lost my job. It wasn't an option to keep working for the company that I was working for. I just didn't have the remote positions. And obviously the cost of living is a lot cheaper here in Pensacola, thank God. But it was a big transition being the person I was in the military. And then I was a mom, but I still worked. And, you know, I lost a little bit of like my identity working from home because I'm like, how do I do this? How do I work from home? And I wasn't in the position I am now with Brian and Rose. And, you know, I was making clips at the time and I was like, you know, you just, you have to find time on top of everything else you've got going on. And so that was almost a bigger transition than getting out of the military was becoming that military wife that, you know, dependent in a sense that I was like, I'll just be here guys. Like, you know, I'm just home, but still trying to work and make an income. Yeah. And like you said too, you lost some of your identity, the military side identity. So you kind of had to regain that. Yeah. I think the a big thing was, you know, I went from full-time Navy rescue swimmer doing all that. And then I kind of had this really easy, slow push out of the military because, you know, I had Kai, I went from sea duty, I worked with the wing. And then from there, you know, the wing was a desk job. I had a kid, I wasn't able to fly yet. And that was fine. And at that point too, personally, I understood how dangerous flying was. And now that I had a kid, my, you know, my priorities kind of shifted and I'm like, that was cool then. But now, you know, I two parents flying. It's like, let's take half that risk and like only keep one parent flying. But then at that point, you know, when I had became a contractor, I was still around the community, but I was a civilian. So I kind of had this like very gradual and then when I left Pensacola, I didn't feel like a Band-Aid was ripping. I felt like, okay, this is it. This is time to move on and to just kind of, you know, I'll always have that piece of like who I was, but it's right. just not who I am today. And that's great. Like, I'm, you know, we're all meant to move on and to find new things in life. And I felt like I did that in a really smooth way. And I was blessed to do it that way because I don't think I would have handled it as good had I just been like the band-aid ripping. I would have been like, wait, what do I do with myself? Like my day-to-day, like what is that going to look like? But yeah, no, for sure. I know, I know even when I left, it was, you know, definitely time. Like I knew it was time. It was like whatever. And, you know, at retirement. So it's like I lived my life from that and I, I, I enjoyed it, but it was time to go. But it was a lot more difficult once I did than I thought because of that whole identity and stuff and just working with people in a different way. And like, oh man, this life is so much not the other, you know, so some of the pain in the ass stuff isn't there. But so many of the cool things that we were so used to and kind of defined us in a way, we're gone or gone to a point, you know, a lot of the people, yeah, you can still connect. Like, you know, I'm still connected with you, still connect with Brad, a lot of our friends, you'll never lose those. But you're you're right. Your identity of what you did or do is is it's it's a huge change, man. Huge, huge. And it's, you know, it's a good change, but it can be hard, you know, just trying to get your feet wet in something else. Like find who you're meant to be after that portion in your life. Right. I think once you do find it, you find like a greater appreciation for your time in. 
and you can value it a little bit and then continue on with your life and find something else. So. Right. And, and you always use what you gain from that, especially when friends are having a rough time. Cause you know, there's always rough patch, patches when you're in military, right? There's like ups and downs. Some days it's great. Some days you're just like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like why? And then when people are going through that, I just try to like, remember too, like some of the gifts from it. Like to me, every time you transfer, that's like a, like getting a new lease on a lab class because at whatever level you are, you have people that you're training or are developing. And so it's like every few years, like the military is giving you like, Hey, here's 120 people. Go see what you can do with them. You yeah. know, like where else do you like, that's like literally how it is, you know, and you have different sizes at different times, but it's like, Hey, go figure out leadership, you know, essentially. And you're like, wow, okay. If you take a couple minutes ago, what didn't work the last time or what could be done better or whatever. And it just grows. So to me, it's uh it's like a huge education. Like it's a leadership education. Uh, you know, it's like, I don't know. And better than any degree did my degrees. I didn't learn nearly as much from college. I think too, just because it's, it's real life. You're dealing with so many people and it's not just the people in your immediate shop or command. Right. It's, you know, when you go on deployment, like all these new faces and it's just, you learn the true skills of like dealing with multiple personalities. What, like, you know, how do I talk to this person differently than this person? And even, you know, from the highest of ranks to the lowest, it's applicable. Like it's, yeah. you know, nobody doesn't get to learn these things. You know, you don't need to just be in a leadership role. It's like when you're younger in the military, you have to learn how to take criticism and critiquing not personal, but personal enough to make yourself better. And then, you know, in the leadership world, you need to learn like tact and how to talk to people. Like you may need to yell at somebody and then just pull this other person aside and have like a heart to heart. Like not one thing works for one person. Right. Yeah, that is, that's, that's huge. And I think uh, all of us when we're younger and especially like in our jobs, I feel like a lot of people were very, very kind of dominant personalities and they're used to like being aggressive and you just put them all together in one group and like, Hey, have at it. It's like putting, putting everyone in a cage. Right. Yeah. And I think that one of the things I had to learn was, and, and someone actually, you know, as one of my mentors told me early on, because I was always the same thing, like, why are we doing it this way? We could do this better. We could be more efficient. We could do this. And this, this one mentor basically sat me down. I was like, look, I agree like with 99% of all of this, but there's, You've got to like, you know, hit the things that are most important at that point in time. And he, and he's like, I won't be able to get to all those things. The next person won't, you won't. But when you are in the position, change the things that you can change the most, most important things to you that you can in that pos- position, just don't be soured getting to that. And that kind of actually helped me a lot because I think I, I would have been soured pretty young by change not happening quickly enough. Yeah. You know, instead of taking ownership and going, okay, cool. Then let me change the little pieces I can. And like you know? the motto of the Navy, it's like, hurry up to wait. And it's like, you know, that's yeah, yeah. changing things too. It's like, you can't hurry it up. You can't wait it out. You just have to change what you can and just keep pushing forward and don't let it burn you to the point where you don't want to do anything. Right. Right. And when you're talking about kind of the versatility too, of being able to learn how to talk to different people or how to walk into a new workspace or a new team 
and be able to integrate and find your place and stuff. Like, honestly, when I met you, you were thrown into like, that was kind of a double whammy. You were thrown into our team, like at a deployment time from like, not just like, hey, from a San Diego squadron, but like, hey, we're going to send you to Japan to jump on this aircraft carrier with this other squadron and a brand new team and integrate. And, and be expected to work from day one because, you know, we don't yeah. have extra people, right? There's not extra people out there, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, that's a huge skill too, right? And it was, what was nice was, you know, we're all trained the same, you know, we all have the same job essentially. So that was very easy to do that. Obviously a culture shock, you know, people shock when you first get somewhere and you're like, okay, I got to fly in Japan with people I don't know, aircraft I've never flown in. Like, okay, let's do this. Like you just do it. I mean, maybe that's being young and naive. Like you just go out and do it and you don't think twice about it. But yeah, I'd, I'd almost say that was one of the easier things that I've done, you know, and maybe that was because my first deployment, I graduated the FRS. I want to say I like drove home for, cause I went to HSC too. Drove home, flew out to mm-hmm. San Diego, was in TPU for like three days, and then flew to Bahrain. So I guess I like right. I knew no other way of deployment other than just getting thrown in the thick of it right when the thick is already happening. Right. So it just felt very comfortable. And I mean, y'all were very welcoming too. But yeah, it was it was kind of easy. But because we wanted help, we're like, yes, yeah. please send people. But obviously, that deployment gave me a lot, and I learned a lot. And there were a lot of people on that deployment that I, you know, didn't. I didn't have those personalities back home and it taught me like how to kind of navigate those, especially being young and, you know, emotional and, you know, a lot of tears were shed, no shame in saying that, but it definitely taught me a lot about how to deal with some people. So, well, I think that some of those experiences I'm sure translated to on the civilian side when you have to make those moves too, you know, because as we said, you did the active duty, but then you went essentially like it's to, I think to me, which obviously I don't understand. I've never been, but to being in the military spouse side where now it's not before you were at the whim of the Navy. Now you're at the whim of the Navy, which is someone else's career side of it too. It's, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I'm not going to say it's hard by any means, because I think I almost have an advantage being prior military to where right. like I get it. I understand when Brad texts me like, Hey, I just got put on a flight tomorrow. And I'm like, there goes all of our plans for Saturday. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't take those things very harsh where I think had I not understood and not been there, kind of done that, obviously I'm not in the position Brad has ever been in, but I have like that general understanding. So I think that definitely helps, but it's also like, I'm out, like, let me be, I'm like, let me live my life. But there's obviously a lot of restrictions and especially everything that's going on right now with COVID and everything. It's like, you know, I can't go out to eat with Brad. I feel like a single mom in a sense where I'm like having to do all these things with the kids by myself. And so like, that's kind of hard to being at the expense of the Navy. But I mean, I guess I just like, I live now, like it is what it is. If I can't change it now, like why be picked off or disgruntled or upset? Cause that's not going to really solve anything. But I mean, it is, it is different though. It's just different. I guess it's like, I guess like it cracks me up sometimes, you know, like walking into drop cutoff at daycare on base or something. I'm like, like people don't know I was in, they don't know like my background or anything. And I'm wondering if people are like, Oh, you know, that stereotypical Dependa like rolling in and like, 
you know, her hair tossed up, half tired, dropping my kids off. Like, you know, I, I work from home. So I have those perks of not, you know, the nine to five is not there. So I think that goes back to like the identity thing. Like, you know, you want people to know, like, I swear I'm not just this low life who does nothing. Like I actually have a career and I love my job and I love my family and, you know, I'm here for them, but I still have a piece of me. So I think just the biggest thing being a military spouse personally, I don't like to be referred to as like a Navy wife. Cause I'm like, that's right. not the top of my identity. Like that's not, right. I'm a wife, hundred percent. I love my husband. I love our family, but like throwing that Navy wife before it, I'm like, like there was no Navy in my marital contract, like you know, right. my husband and I. So I think that's where I kind of remove myself and like, yes, I'm a military spouse, but that's not you know, like I said, it's not the top of my identity. Right, right. You, you, I, I don't think it's ever been. I don't think you've ever, um, since I've known you, needed an identity outside of just what you are and what yeah. you do. Which I think, to me, that that's. I mean, that I mean that as a compliment. You know, yeah. you've always been your own person, whether it's in, out, in between. You know, whatever the case is. So, so I think that that's huge, and that that speaks a lot to you. And I will say, because people that don't know like our background and stuff, I, I do like ask you questions, like not just on, uh, because, you know, you know, like a, a lot of, as we've established this business, like the real estate side, not the podcast, but on the residential real estate side, some of the things that we want try to do is like, kind of like way back to that mentor that, you know, told me that like fix the things that you can when you're in that place. Like I can't fix the operational things that I used to could work on. Right. But now the things I can fix are like, cool. Let me look at how relocations aren't handled properly or don't have the right information. Let me look at like, you know, and again, your favorite term, but like most spouses that, that get relocated. Like I don't appreciate it. No, 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 no. I mean, hard to be a military spouse when you're, you know, your husband leaves for five months to go to and like all those things. It's hard. I just, um, yeah, I just hope people find more in themselves than like just that. Like, and I think anybody listening knows exactly what you're talking about yeah. too. You know what I mean? We, we all know, especially anybody with any, anyone has been active duty or is active duty, they know exactly where you're coming from that. No, it's not a negative yeah. thing at all. Yeah, it's at all. just that like different people, like some people have, I mean, I know like, you know, friends that have been, um, you know, physical therapists and then it's like, cool, you get established in one place. Well, then you have to move with your spouse and you know you get transferred and it's like okay well now i have to leave this career. it's it, that's not something that you're going to walk right into or it's not something that travels with you you have to reestablish so those type of pains and stuff are kind of more what i'm talking about where i like you know talk to people like yourself about like hey like what are some of the things that you see as issues so that we can try to find solutions you know like like we're trying to add spots on our team so people can relocate from area to area and just drop right into a real estate team and start over but yeah i look for advice from people like yourself for those but also what is it last week or week before i actually reached out to you on advice on marketing yeah because you have kind of towards that transition of where you've you know, you've just like built yourself into your position that now will travel with you wherever you want to go and you never miss a beat. Yeah. And so kind of want to talk about that as a win, because like you said, you know, talked about the switch from active duty to, you know, kind of transitioning out when you were at the wing to then, you know, like for instance, uh, when I first thought about the company you're doing now, 
you were producing those clips, right? If you want, actually, you know what, just say what it is. Like, you probably so, can explain it better, but so it makes sense to what we're talking right, about. You know, like, going back to the identity thing, that's the entire reason why I started making cutie clips is because I was working at the contractor company on base. I was reviewing and editing the Sierra syllabus. That's what I was, you know, there for. And I just felt like I didn't, you know, I loved my job in the sense that it gave me a paycheck and it was comfortable and, you know, nothing really changed. I was still working on base. It was great. Aside from that, it was, you know, it just wasn't who, what I wanted to do. And, you know, I had talks with Brad, like, I just, I need to find a hobby. I feel like all I do is work, eat, sleep, take care of kids, rinse, repeat. I was like, I need to find something that's fun. And I started making these macrame wall hanging pieces. And then I ran across this company on Instagram. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if I can make them a pacifier clip. And then I shot Lindsay a DM on Instagram. And by the grace of God, she said, yeah, send me a sample. And I was like, like geeking out because I was like, no way did this lady just say yes to my design. And it went through testing and everything. And, you know, then I started making those. And then I had too much work on my hands with making them. So I asked a couple girls to work for me, helping me make them. And then I never gave up. I never just settled for making cutie clips. I wanted to be more involved. I loved the company. And I just, you know, slowly started working on the social media side on their Facebook group. And then that grew into graphics, you know, making um, some things for the website and things like that. And then that grew into, you know, running part of their Shopify site and then through their marketing. So it just, you know, Lindsay just finds what people are good at. And I just, she just pushed me to do more, to want to do more. And now here I am, you know, almost three years later, two and a half years. And you don't even produce the clips now, do you? So I actually, January 1st, just handed over that portion of like the clip making and everything to um, Kyle, who is also a former rescue swimmer, you know who I'm talking about, um, mm-hmm. Herman. Yeah. So she actually just took over everything for me. I asked her in the middle of December, I'm like, I'm just too busy. Like I, my heart's not hundred percent in it. I'm not able to give you guys what you need as far as like, you know, attention. And, and honestly, I hate bookkeeping and I hate taxes. So I was like, let me just be done with this. But I, I was very thankful for that opportunity. And, you know, it was really hard to let go because it's how I started Yeah, you know, doing a great job. She's killing it. So what kept you know my wheels going about like what was i excited to come to you know work every day working from home but it was you know i loved certain things and then i found something else i loved more and then that just kept growing and growing and i mean you can ask brad like i am a workaholic i but i love it like i love my job and i never thought i would be in the position that i'm in to love a job so much and I, you know, a lot of it, 100% is the community and the work environment that Lindsay has created. But, you know, I told Lindsay around Christmas, I was like, I just can't thank you enough because I know if Brad were to get stationed in Japan tomorrow, you would say, we're going to make it work. Like, and yeah. where else can you say that? You know, like, it's just, I, I 100% know that as a military family, I have the golden coin of a job as a spouse that can just go anywhere. 
And like, I don't right. take it late. And that's what keeps me working so hard because one, I love my job. And two, it's where else can I get this? I can't think of another job that I can. Well, I think too, like you keep saying, like Lindsay's giving you an opportunity, you work yourself into an opportunity. And I think that people like as a business owner, I can say when people see someone who's grown so quickly, but also has passion for what they're doing, it's like, you've got to make the spot for them because that's like the golden ticket too. You know what I mean? It's like being each other's golden ticket where you're like, great, this gives me the opportunity to be able to continue this wherever I go. And I'm sure to her, it's like, great, this person is passionate about what they're doing. They love it. And they're, you know, bought into this company and the growth of it. Like, it's just a win-win. Cheesy tagline, like find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Right. But I mean, no way. True. Like, yes, work is work. And it is sometimes very hard and it's time, you know, sensitive some projects and things like that but i love it like i wouldn't change it and i you know you would have asked me five years ago hey you're gonna be a marketing for a baby company and i would have been like wait what (laughs) like like, no i don't think so and now i'm like i don't ever want to leave like i don't want to leave my job i love it i love it so much it was a natural progression. It just fit what you were doing as you went along. And I think uh, another thing is people being, I want to say open, but I guess open to, but just conscious of things changing and, and not being scared to let things evolve. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like a lot of times they will evolve naturally if you're open to it. And that's one thing I think the military really taught me was be flexible and be adaptable. Like you have to, and that's part of our core values at Ryan and Rose being adaptable and flexible. Like, you know, what's on the schedule tomorrow may not be there. And I just let that roll off my back. Cause I'm like, that's just normal. Like that's the way it's yeah. all been for me. You know, you know, I joined the military at 21. So it's like, you know, most of my adulthood, I've only known to be flexible and like just roll with the punches and just ride with it. And I think that has really helped me in my position now because you have to accept change and you have to be willing to change. And how you've always done it isn't necessarily the right way. It's not wrong, but there's a better way to do it. Being willing to hear people out too. Right. Yeah, that's a good one too. When two great people can come together and talk about how different they do things, that's when you're going to learn what somebody else has to say. And you don't have to take all of it, but you can take pieces of it and improve upon what you already have going. Right. Sometimes things are different. They don't work for your personality or style, but it doesn't mean you can't take from it. Like nothing's going to be always a cookie cutter mold. Like I think it was, it may have been released last week. It might've been the last podcast release, but there's a local agent here in San Diego that I know he works very much in the military sphere as well. And, and I just like, I really like guys, great dude. And we like collaborate so much and it's, and we do get from people like, why do you guys share all your stuff? Like you're like competitors and it's not really like that at all, but we're both working towards the same things in the same sphere of thing, you know, like trying to help military relocations and stuff like that. So by sharing what we both come up with, we're, we're able to fine tune it so much more quickly. You know what I mean? But it's, it's funny. And I feel like a for the most part, I feel like the veteran community are a lot more open and sharing towards that. You know what I mean? You just kind of have already experienced that like holding a secret doesn't, it doesn't um, help anyone, you know? I say all the time, I don't want to be the senior man with the secret. Who can I tell this piece of news to? So I'm not harboring it to myself yeah. because it just does nobody good, you know, holding the, that information. 
Um, but I think too, in your field with trying to help veterans and help, you know, this transition piece, which I feel like I had it easy. There's people who have it really, really, really hard. Like maybe they don't have a home to go to where they came from before. Maybe they don't have a family or a husband to help them go places or whatever it may be. But so it's two people coming together for the greater good of a veteran, I think is beautiful. And I think it's admirable that you do come together with other people because your whole mission is to just be helpful. And I think that's awesome. All right. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> but it's but it's also part, and, and on the selfish side too, though, part of it is still being able to connect with those same type of people. Like, you know, like if you and I work together, whether it's like if you're in town and we just have drinks, me and you and Brad go out for drinks, that's cool. If we get to do something like this, I get to socialize with you and old, you know, old friends. That's pretty cool. So there is a selfish side too, where when you are collaborating with people, you're you're, you know, that's like my social time as well. You know? Yeah. I mean, this is, I think, the most I've talked to an adult in like <laughs> two weeks. So this is great. <laughs> I was expecting a little guest appearance by Kai running in there at some point. but I like toss him the iPad and I think Evie's downstairs with Brad. So I'm like just waiting for a child to come running in here. But <laughs> Brad's probably like sitting downstairs with chips or something, bribing them like one chip at a time. <laughs> like stay down here. Hey, whatever it takes. There's that teamwork. Yeah, absolutely. He's actually getting ready to go um, on a cross country this weekend. So. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. I love when he, when he sends a uh, kid. He'll send pictures sometimes of like you know after whatever last flight of something or first flight yeah. of something's pretty cool. It's pretty fun too, just to get to watch you know your friends like continue to progress and do cool stuff. So like both of you guys have like really progressed in your own directions, which is pretty amazing, really. Yeah. So yeah, I'm stoked for you guys. I'm definitely proud of him. It's been hard work for him and. You know, even just his whole transition of everything, it's, you know, going from first class to student, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You go from like he was running schools to, uh, yeah, student again. And then, uh, and I miss that flexibility of like him being, you know, in that leadership position. Cause I'm like, hey, Kai has a doctor's appointment. He'd be like, all right, cool, I'll take off. And now he's like, I can't. And I, I'm like, okay, it's fine. I'll make it work. Like, mm -hmm. I'll figure it out. And I've gotten in this groove of just kind of letting him do his thing and just me doing my thing. And, you know, we obviously come together and we tackle things together. But for the most part, it's right now in this season, it's it's hard. It's very hard. What a crazy time for all of his training to have happened too, because what he started, essentially started this whole phase of all the flight training and everything right before COVID and then COVID. And then, I mean, well, before that, even the shootings in Pensacola yeah. held up training. I dude, think like he's been hit every... Right? It's like, there's been so much to happen during his time here. And we've been here for two years. It'll be like two years in a week, which is crazy to think about. Right. Like, closed on our house that you sold two years ago, either today or tomorrow. And it just blows yeah. my mind. Yeah. We thought we were going to be here for like a year and a half max and then we were going to be yeah. out now we're looking at another nine months but we're happy you found us a good realtor that sold us hey. a beautiful home. <laughs> there you go there you go yeah. and that's i'm glad too i'm glad that worked out because we like doing that you know we do that for as many people as we'll reach out we love finding people uh someone that will work with them well because it's nothing worse than a bad experience because i've had them um, and the, the realtor that was here in pensacola she like trampled through woods in our backyard to find out what was like behind the woods for us. And, mm -hmm. and that's actually what sold us on the house was because it was a huge park 
And we're yeah. like, what? Like, that's amazing. Sinus up, like, let's buy it. No questions asked. So yeah, you, you definitely nailed it with that one because they went above and beyond. Cool, cool. I'm really glad. That's always good to hear for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that you guys jumped on something there as well at the time you did. So things are still going crazy. So yeah, it's nuts. I guess what I'm just trying to get across is the fact of just positioning both of you guys, you know, you guys working as a team, positioning yourself like where you still have something you're passionate about, which to me, I'm, I just picture that as not just the financial side of it, but just the, the, the mental side of knowing that you don't have to give up everything when you go. I just feel like you guys have done an amazing job to position yourselves as a team, essentially, to be able to pro- progress and stay like in that, you know, good mindset, no matter what happens and where you go. Do you know um, what I mean? But not everything yeah. relied, relied on the other person. And I, I think it keeps you know, it keeps me motivated. It makes me happy. Work makes me happy. It, you know, gives me drive. It gives me purpose beyond like, like I said, I love being a mother and stuff, but it it gives me more on top of that. It like, you know, my children fill my cup, my husband fills my cup and this is just more extra. So it's, it's nice. One biggest thing I could give to anybody getting out of the military is don't settle and just Keep finding your why. Keep finding what drives you, what motivates you, what lights a spark under you. And just when you find it, you got to run with it. You can't give up. Don't give up on yourself and just keep pushing. And the harder you work, the people will notice and people like reward that. And, you know, you'll find it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The only time you can guarantee it doesn't happen is if you quit, right? Like that's the way it doesn't happen. Uh, it's like you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Right. So true. Like if had I never sent that DM, I wouldn't be mm-hmm. here today. Which is crazy to think about how something so small. You think about like sending a DM on Instagram, right? That's like nothing. Right. It took two seconds to write. Like it was a shot in the dark. And it's now I'm in this position that I have a job and a purpose and a community and. It's just, it's nuts how one little event can like spiral and trickle into something so beautiful. Yeah. Well, and uh, taking advantage of the opportunities you're given to you as well. And like on the military side too, I use, um, when I'm talking to some people, I use Brad as an example for certain things too. You know, obviously a lot of people, it's funny, we're, we're having a, just a, we always do this like on here and just have like normal conversations. So there's some stuff that I know no one listening really like, totally understand, but I think everyone will get the gist of it. But, but also Brad, like going from the squad in Japan and choosing, you know, when we were like, looking at where he's going, what's where take orders. And it's like, Hey, is this going to benefit my career? And it's like, we had that talk about deciding what you wanted next or what, what you wanted to get from it. Because a lot of people get put in positions to be able to move forward, but they don't do what it takes to then move forward. And to him, it was like, Hey, at this job, you can still succeed and you can do your education. But a lot of people get a job like that where once it gets going and they get it, uh, get rolling, it's like, well, this is kind of easy for me. So now I just like can enjoy the rest of the time. But he didn't. He did, you know, finish his degree while succeeding at that job. We had just gotten married. We just had our son and he was going Mm -hmm. to time it would have been easier had he not like you know i probably would have had more help and things like that but you know you you have to look at big picture when it comes to that stuff you have to take your opportunities and it's going to be hard today probably going to be hard tomorrow yeah 
but what's it going to look like in three years, five years, 10 years. And even where Brad is right now with busting it to get his degree, fighting the medical side and all of this stuff, it's now what does retirement look like for us? So it's just not focusing on today or tomorrow, but big picture. Like now with that being said, you know, if something isn't making you happy today or tomorrow, don't suffer with it because it may be better in five years, you know, there's, you know, take that for what it is, but it's just, you know, having a bigger picture on life and with everything, like today is going to be hard, but tomorrow may be better. And the next five years may be you know, even amazing. I, I have just an easy, a simple rule of like, just don't quit on a bad day because that's how you can kind of differentiate, in my opinion, how you differentiate between you don't really like something or if you're just like having one of those days where you're kicking yourself in the ass, yeah. you know, when you're just like, oh, I just had a bad My hair in boot camp. Like, yeah, <laughs> seriously. That was a bad day. Like, yeah, exactly. This lasted a couple months. Yeah, exactly. But, but it's true. Even like, uh, you know, I've had it in this, in this shop, even in my own business where it's like, you'll have a week where you're just getting beat down and kicked and like nothing goes right. And it's just like tons of expense, nothing, just nothing. And you're like, what am I doing? I'm like, all right, cool. Well, got through the week. Let's see what happens Monday. And like start over with this fresh attitude. And then like Tuesday, something great happens. And you're like, yeah, that's why I would do it. Like it's still good. You know, it's just a bad yes. week, month. Now it's like, you know, something may not go right or you know, whatever it may be. But it's like when you nail it and you get it right and something goes right, you're like this, this is why like I want to keep pushing. And this is why I want to keep going. Right. And I think that goes into too when like you're getting out of the military. There's so many unknowns and you don't know. Like, you know, I kicked and hated it and didn't want to go to TPU or I don't know, TAPS, what is it called these days? Whatever they call it now. Yeah. I was like, this is a waste. I was like, this is, I could be at home with my son. Like, this is stupid. I don't want to be here. And that's how I landed my first job out of the military. Like who would have thought to like use your resources, talk to people, network. Don't be afraid to ask either. Like, are there job openings? Do you know anybody? Like, because I think what's great is with the military and networking and like you, right. You know, Brad, you know, I, if I came to you tomorrow and said, Hey Jay, like, do you know anybody with a job? Like, you know, my work ethic, you know, like work hard and people are going to vouch for you. Yeah. A hundred percent. Honestly, that's, it's funny. You mentioned that. I I feel like one of the, to me, like the metrics I, I look at our success from in our business here isn't just like really what we make, you know, as long as we can keep the lights on and keep going, it's cool. But people start reaching out that I haven't met before, whether it's like a spouse of like, Hey, we're going to be transferring soon. My, my husband or wife is deployed. You know, I just, even like exactly what you just said, do you know of any like work opportunities there? This is what I do. Um, or like, Hey, we're, you know, just for any general stuff, to me, that feels better than just like selling a house or, yeah. you know, getting another investment for myself or whatever, when people like will trust you. But I know that's come from all a network of people like yourself or other friends that as they've spread out or other people have done business with have spread out and then say, Hey, these guys will legit steer you in the right direction. And then I, so I love that stuff. That's yeah. makes me feel like at least we're going the right direction. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Being a good resource and it's spreading word of mouth, I think is better than anything you could push out on social or email or whatever it may be, because 
when your friend tells you, you know, this pair of pants or this, you know, water bottle is awesome. You're going to be like, cool. They like it. I like them. I'll go out and buy that water bottle. But it's, you know, when you're seeing ad on, you know, Facebook or something, you're a little bit more skeptical. So I think word of mouth is, that's when you know you've made it. When people are willing to share for free. Like when people are spreading your business for free and it doesn't feel like you're talking about a business because that person is passionate. They like you. They yeah. like what you're doing. They like your mission. And that's what mm-hmm. is like the goal is to have a why that people are willing to help you spread. Right. Well, and it, it, it builds trust. Like, I think that's a huge thing too. When you're getting spread by word of mouth, it, it's like you're getting a certain amount of trust, whatever trust. Like if you recommend someone to me, whatever trust that you had with that person or the trust they had in you, it kind of gets part of that gets like translated to me. But that's why I think it's also very important that everyone recognize that, that don't betray that trust you're giving someone else. Like, like if I, like, for instance, if someone were coming to where you are and they're looking for a job and I'm like, oh, if this person, let's just say, I know isn't a good fit or just doesn't fall yeah. through, I'm not going to connect them with you because I also don't want to give you this person. You're thinking, well, oh, Jay's recommending them to me. He must believe in them. You know? And then they ditch me. Yeah. What a, that was not good. Nice. <laughs> like that wasn't a yeah. good thing, you know? Yeah, your your exactly. word means a lot and it's heavy and it can make or break in a sense where you know you don't want to recommend something poorly or a person or you know that isn't gonna be a good fit. It's your reputation too. Yeah, hundred percent. But I yeah, again, I will just congratulate you. I I'm just amazed at like how you've transitioned from everything that you've done to the position you are now. And hopefully that this hopefully some people listen to this, this will be uh motivation, I guess, or if they needed it, or maybe just uh again open an eye on certain different directions that yeah. can be taken to get to where they want and get and get in that place where they can take care of that. Yeah, take that leap. Don't be afraid. It's scary, but it's so worth it. You just got to try. You got to put yourself out there. Keep trying. And, you know, don't let a bad day ruin everything. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a, just true in anything you're trying to do. If it's something that's worth doing, you've got to take that step. And most of the time, uh, if it's something worth doing, you just, you just leave the first step's a pretty scary one, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is, it's just scary. The unknown, I think is what gets most people. It's like, well, if I do it, what's going to actually happen? And you can't really focus on that. You have to know right. your worth, know what you're putting into it. And if what you're putting into something is good enough and you're willing to put in that effort, it's, it's going to go somewhere. And if it doesn't go maybe your exact direction, that's okay too. Like if you fail, you didn't fail at life. You know, one thing didn't go right and there's always something else. Like just Absolutely. move on, keep going. I don't want to miss a chance to talk shit on Brad. So I'll say like, look at that. Like, look how that worked out. You took that a huge leap of faith to marry Brad and it, somehow it worked out. Like that's a scary step, man. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, yeah. I, you know, kicked and screamed to go to Japan on TD orders and found me a husband in the process. Ended up with a husband. <laughs> That's not what awesome. I signed up for, but I got it. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a leap of faith and it's been beautiful ever since. So he's probably listening. There's like, what shit is she talking up there? Yeah, right. <laughs> don't don't let him hear us say anything good though. That would yeah, just ruin. Right. I, I don't want him texting me in 10 minutes going, I heard you said something nice about me. That would just ruin my day. <laughs> 
Danielle, I don't want to take up your whole day, but I really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk and appreciate you taking time talking about marketing last week, a little mentorship for me. I appreciate that. It's crazy. I'm even in this position to talk to you about things. Sometimes I'm like, who trusted me with this? Like, what am I doing? I felt like that. I think every day of my adult life, as, who trusted me to do what? My, but, my entire parenting life. I'm like, who gave me two children to take care of? <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys are doing just fine. Hey, I miss you guys both though. And, and definitely we'll be talking to you soon. Absolutely. Take care, Jay.